Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harrisal Velosos, and you're listening to So Organized Style Podcast. Stay listening. So Organized Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us today as we welcome Nicole and Ada. They're the co-hosts of a new podcast called the Asian Sewist Collective Podcast. The Asian Sewist Collective is definitely gaining listeners and so I'm pleased to have Nicole and Ada here today. It's lovely to meet you both. Thanks for coming on to So Organised Style Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Let's get into the questions so that our listeners can understand better what the Asian Sewist Collective is all about and what you're doing. Tell us who you are and how we can follow you online. So I'm Ada and I am a Taiwanese American sewist based in Denver, Colorado. And I used to work in tech marketing for many years before becoming an entrepreneur and starting my own natural skincare line and marketing blog. In my free time, I sew. So you can find my sewing and all sorts of different commentary on Instagram at i.hope.sew. Thanks so much again, Maria, for having us on. My name is Nicole Angeline. Calling me Nicole is fine. I'm a lawyer and a part-time law student by day, and I am a garment sewist the rest of the time. I only started sewing in 2020, so I'm fairly new, but you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Angeline Sews, S-E-W-S. You've both started sewing at varying time. It's great that you can actually share your knowledge. We do a lot of banter back and forth of did I do that correctly? Would this be a nice fabric pairing with this pattern? And I hope people are finding it interesting. Yeah, I think because I'm a newer sewist, part of the learning process has been able to grow within this community. So I probably couldn't have progressed as quickly as I have if I hadn't been inspired by other folks that I see on Instagram or all of the YouTube videos that are available are there. But then there's still the resources like books and my grandmother who I can ask questions of. Even though I'm newer, it's an interesting way to start up sewing really quickly. Social media has helped a lot of people with their sewing skills, which is great. Ada, can you tell us about the Asian Sewist Collective? The collective is a group of about a dozen or so Asian people from around the world. And we were all brought together by our shared appreciation for fiber and textile arts. Um, Not only that, but our desire to see more Asian representation in the sewing community. And so we launched our podcast to explore the intersection of our identities as Asian people and also our shared sewing practice. And we have folks who sew all sorts of different kinds of things. So garment sewists, quilters, cosplayers, we kind of cover hopefully a very broad spectrum. And we really wanted to, in creating this podcast, create a space for Asian sewists and our allies. And hopefully in the future, there will be more to it than just our podcast. But that might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves right now. Yeah, slow down, Ada. (laughs) It's a great goal to have, though. Yes, hopefully we could do some sort of other community building, whether that's in person or online. And it's been wonderful so far meeting so many new sewists. Fingers crossed, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. Who are you referring to when you refer to Asian Sales Collective? That is a great question. And first, let's start with the question of who are we talking about when we say Asian people? Yes. So the simple way of looking at it is that anyone of Asian descent, so not people that live necessarily in Asia, but anyone who 
has immediate ancestry in Asia. Now, we have to drill down a little bit on what that means because Asia is the largest continent on the earth. There's dozens of countries, countless cultures, and then ethnicities that don't have nationality or country boundaries in Asia. So usually when we think of Asian, we picture East Asian people. So Chinese people, Taiwanese people, Hong Kongers, Korean or Japanese people. It is important to remember that there are many other nationalities and cultures in Asia. So for example, there is the Southeast Asian region. So that includes Filipino people like myself, Thai, Vietnamese, Malaysian, Indonesian, Singaporean, and Cambodian people. And then there's also South Asia, which primarily comprised of Indian, Pakistani, Nepalese, Bangladeshi, and Sri Lankan people. And like I said, there's Asian ethnicities that span country borders, so Hmong people and Tibetan people. And in the United States, the census distinguishes these ethnicities, so Hmong and Tibetan, as part of the overall Asian umbrella. So that's the Asian part of Asian Soist Collective. In terms of who is in the collective, there's a variety of folks who reside in different places around the world who are of Asian descent. When we refer to members of the collective, we're referring to folks who work on the podcast, like Ada and me, or Leslie, who edits our podcast episodes, Mariko, who produces several episodes, and Shailen, who so far has kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything. And we also have researchers and other folks taking on different and multiple responsibilities. That's the collective, Asian Soist Collective. And like Ada said, the podcast itself is geared toward Asian SOAS and our allies. You don't have to be Asian to appreciate the podcast. And in fact, we do want more non-Asian people to learn about and understand what the sewing world and really the world more broadly, what that looks like from our perspective. And the podcast is centered around our Asianness. We're not trying to cater to the overwhelmingly white sewing community. So Ada, I know you have some thoughts about this too. Yeah, like if you listen to our episodes, I think when this podcast comes out, there will be eight or nine episodes out from season one. We might talk about a concept or a term that Asian listeners might have experienced or lived through, like the model minority myth or perpetual foreigner stereotype, which we think are beneficial to talk about. But on our podcast, we're not here to start explaining them from scratch to white sewists. We'd rather start a conversation, you know, and encourage white sewists to start thinking more critically and doing their own research and work. And I think it's important to note that even though it might seem like to most of us, myself included, that most of this online sewing community is white, the sewing world, as I've learned over the last year, is actually quite diverse. And not only are there tons of talented Asian sewists around the world, but there's also lots of Black, Indigenous, Latinx, and other people of color that we want to see more of in the sewing community. And so on our podcast, we're highlighting Asian sewists and makers who you might not have heard of or who haven't been able to share about how their identity really impacts their sewing or has influenced, let's say, if they have a sewing business. And the response so far has been great because we have sewists who are reaching out to us like by email and telling us that they finally feel seen and recognized. And we have guests who leave our recording sessions saying like, wow, I never thought about my identity or my sewing like that, or I really learned something about myself by sharing with your listeners, which I think has been probably the most gratifying part of putting it all together. And when you think of all the people who are visible in online sewing who are white, I think there's a multitude of factors as to why that is the way it is right now. But the whole reason we started the podcast really came from back in March when 
eight people were killed in Atlanta in the U.S. and six of those people were Asian women. And the online sewing community, weirdly, that week was the only place where I didn't feel seen, where they really just cared about what I was sewing and not how I was doing. And the truth is I wasn't doing very well. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that incident, like it could have been my mom or an auntie or a friend's mom who was killed just for going to work and existing and looking like me. And I think that a lot of sewists felt similarly and like we were being erased or ignored by the broader sewing community. And it felt like it was about time really to create a space for us. And and it's sad that it took a moment like that to have that realization, right? But yeah, I think coming out of that, building this podcast has been a fantastic experience and we hope to keep it going. And one thing I would say that we could all do kind of in that vein is just trying to diversify our feeds a little bit more. And that goes to furthering diversity and inclusion in the sewing world in general, but also it pushes us all to be better sewists. We often forget that we are the ones curating and picking who we follow, which teaches Instagram and all the other tech platforms what we like and what it should suggest to us that's similar to that. And by making a conscious effort to follow sewists of color or sewists who might not look like you from different countries around the world or who are disabled or who are of different sizes, like we can reteach ourselves and Instagram what we want to see and who we want to learn from and be inspired by. And I think that has really almost up-leveled my sewing game as well. (laughs) Where you say our perspective, That's really important for listeners to understand because it is your perspective and how you see yourself and how you're being seen. So I think the action of making sure that we diversify our feeds to make sure that you are seen is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, of course, the mission of the Asian Sewist Collective is to bring our Asian identities to the broader consciousness of the sewing world. But I think diversifying your feed with regard to race, with regard to ableism, with regard to age, with regard to sewing techniques. We just had an interview with, with a quilter. And I don't know, Maria, do you quilt? No, I don't. I'm a clothing sewer. Neither do we. (laughs) (laughs) You sounded apologetic there. You don't have to apologize. I don't quilt either. I think if I hadn't thought to ask a quilter what it's like and how it's different from garment sewing, that I wouldn't be interested in quilting like I am now. I don't think I'm ready for like a quilt quilt, like a really big quilt. It sounds like a big commitment, but you know, maybe a, a banner or a quilted jacket. Those seem pretty cool, although it's very hot here right now. So I can't be thinking of jackets, but diversifying your feed, starting with race is great. In general, Mm -hmm. having a diverse feed with regard to all these different facets will make us better people and make us better crafters and sewists and makers. At least that's what I think. Ada, what are the goals of the Asian Sewist Collective for the first three months? I think our first goal was just to get the podcast up and running. <laughs> and yeah, and that started with putting out a call for help. And so I had been sitting on the idea of a podcast like this because I think, you know, when we're all sewing, we like to have something to listen to. It's a very hard craft to watch something with. And so I personally love listening to podcasts while I sew. And I had been hoping for a while that somebody else would make this. Mm -hmm. And then when push came to shove, I ended up going for it. And we really couldn't have done it without the help of a team because, you know, we're all working and sewing and we have all these other commitments in life. And so really when it came down to it, it was getting a good team together. And now that we've launched season one, we're almost done with season one. 
Our goals are to continue promoting the podcast and to bring in more listeners and planning out future seasons and episodes. And we were even talking earlier today, like, well, season one's been planned, but what if we add this extra episode to it? Because there's just so many topics that we want to talk about. We have a backlog list that's probably about 100 ideas long and our seasons are about 10 episodes. If you think about it, that's like 10 seasons and we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And so I think we will hopefully be figuring out once we've wrapped season one, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like and how to improve and learning from this kind of first try at podcasting and then continuing hopefully for the future. Yeah. Can I share what sort of a personal podcast goal is for me? So Ada was the originator of the podcast. She put the call out. I was also grieving and in pain. And I just happened to see this call out on Instagram through another great podcast, Stitch Please from Black Women Stitch. And yes, I know. I sorry. Every time I say it, I'm like, just yes, I love her so much. Same here. It's just great, isn't it? I saw the call out on Lisa's Instagram. And like, if there was that 24 hours where I hadn't seen Lisa's stories, this whole thing might have, like, I might not be here. It's just kind of crazy how the universe works that way. But my goal is really to just broaden my horizons with regard to other Asian sewists in the community. I, not speaking for anyone else in the collective, myself, my feed didn't contain a lot of Asian sewists. And I remember I met one of my friends, Shailin, who I mentioned earlier a while back, because I found a YouTube video where she was creating a traditional Filipino clothing item. And I was like, oh, I want to figure this out. But apart from Shailin, like I knew very little other Asian sewists. So for me, first of all, being in the collective has been great because I've just met a bunch of new people who, at least from my perspective, I would consider friends and colleagues, but then also just broadening my own horizons. And, you know, you meet one person and that person will open three doors for you. And then another person will have 12 recommendations for you. And I just want to continue to expand my vision or my maybe worldview is the better word. I don't know. Periphery or, you know, I want, I want to know more about Asian sewists and cultural dress and other cultures apart from Filipino culture, which I am even as an adult still learning more about myself, even though I was immersed in some cultural activities growing up. So it's really leaning into my identity as an Asian person and finding this community that I didn't really feel like I, I was a part of, or perhaps it just didn't exist before the podcast. The great thing that an Asian Sign Collective has is a team that is doing various tasks and, uh, you know, you've got all these ideas, but you've also got the research behind it, which I think is really important for listeners to understand. Yeah, we spend a lot of time on research. I don't think anybody knows how much research goes into podcast prep, but it's quite a few number of hours, depending, you know, if it's a guest coming on or we're talking about a technique or certain cultural dress or maybe things in pop culture that have shown up. And what we found was that some members of the collective, like Cindy, for example, they've actually done whole theses in school for master's degrees on traditional cultural dress. And it's amazing and fantastic. It's really cool. Yeah, right. And we're huge nerds about it because not only do we get to learn the history of everything and how it all came together, but we can also nerd out together on how these garments were constructed or even the fabric was woven or originally created. And it's been such a great learning opportunity, not even just learning how to podcast, but also learning about the topics that we're talking about and the people that we're talking to. 
that has probably been one of the reasons why we're all so excited. We're all very excited when we talk to each other, not only about sewing directly and sewing related stuff. You know, thank you so much for bringing those pieces of work that have been done at a university level to mainstream listeners, because we wouldn't get access to that if you weren't doing it. Or you'd have to read a really boring textbook. And it's great that somebody who's done lots of study on it can help us distill it into some pretty straightforward 45 minute long podcast episodes. How can our listeners help? Well, definitely by listening to the podcast, downloading and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and rating if your platform allows you to do that. We do have episodes come out every Thursday. So in the States, it's still Thursday. All of our episodes are evergreen topics. So you can download and save them for a later date. So far, you know, we've put out cultural appropriation two-parter. So we've got part one was our first episode. And then part two was the sixth. We talk about mental health. We talk about pattern testing, self-care. We also have interviews with bag makers and then research-based episodes like cultural appropriation, but also this season we're looking at doing the history of silk and maybe early next season or toward the end of this season, a primer on the chipao or chungsam. And so listen, enjoy. I think that would be great. Review again, if you can, and of course, share. We are a podcast that is created by Asian people of Asian descent, but the podcast really is for anyone who wants to learn more and see the world from our perspective. Definitely check us out on Instagram. We have a Facebook page, but pushes everything, you know, Instagram pushes it to Facebook, but we're primarily on Instagram and there's announcements and previews on our site. And we're always resharing great content on Instagram and trying to elevate soloists who are doing great work and not only talking about the topics that we talk about on the podcast, but also making cool makes, making makes that have meaning behind them. And Nicole does a huge part of our Instagram with Ellen and some other folks on our team, but they do a fantastic job curating new soloists for you to follow, new folks with different ideas and concepts to explain to you at Brown Girl Therapy. And they also post certain opportunities like pattern testing or or calls like that um, where we think it's appropriate and fits with the audience. If your listeners are of Asian descent and they feel like there's something that they want to hear about on the podcast, get in touch with us. On our Instagram, you can DM us, but there's also our email link is on our website which you can get to through Instagram as well. And we'd love to hear from you. We have tons of ideas already, but if there's a need somewhere, you know, then we're happy to take a look and see how it fits in with what we do. Because of course we are geared towards amplifying Asian voices. And and if there's something that you think of that you feel like you'd like us to talk about, get in touch with us. We'd be happy to hear from you. For listeners who haven't been to your website, they can now become familiar with Asian-owned sewing-related businesses. Hopefully we can watch this list grow over time as more people let the Asian Sewist Collective know about Asian-owned sewing-related businesses. In Australia, Arrow Mountain. Yep. I've actually bought from them and I didn't realise that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going through the resource list to see who else are the businesses there. And on Instagram, where you have got posts about the month, you've also buddied into that something that also reflects Asian culture for that month. So that was really good to see. Yes, 
if you like shopping for sewing things, like we like shopping for sewing things, I highly recommend you check out the Asian owned sewing companies list that we have on our website. Like Maria said, we have Arrow Mountain on there for Australia. There's also Fabric Drawer, which is a fabric shop, I think based down in Melbourne. There was one, a bra making and supply store based in New Zealand called Gravity by Grandy. And then we've got it actually broken out by country. So if you're not in Australia or New Zealand, you can look for the US, Canada, the UK, Philippines, Netherlands, all over the world. Some of these places do ship internationally or sell patterns online, which is great because then we can all access them. But if you live in a certain area and you're not sure, I definitely recommend checking out the site to see, you know, maybe there is a store in your area or maybe you want to start one. And these are a great place to start for kind of looking for inspiration and seeing what other folks are doing out there as well. And if you are an Asian person and you have a business that is geared toward sewists, you sell patterns or notions or fabric, and you're not on this list, get in contact with us and we'll make sure to add you. Yeah, we've added quite a few people who didn't know that we had this list and then we started pushing it out and they emailed us or they DM'd us with their information. And all we ask is that you have a link to your shop or your website and or Instagram and give us that information as well as let us know what country you're in because that's kind of how we're organizing it for now, just for ease of searching. And yeah, we would love to include you. Just so that listeners know, there are some really good articles on your website as well. So that if you're not sure about understanding Asian people's perspectives, you can start getting yourself up to speed. What are your final thoughts that our listeners should keep in mind? I think that we are inviting you to learn more about the Asian perspective in sewing and again, broadly, you know, issues that affect our community. The first thing is just to remember that Asian people are not a monolith. So I did talk about how People who, you know, when we said, who are we talking about when we're talking about Asian people? Well, Filipino people are very different from Thai people, from Taiwanese people, from Indian people. So just remember that, like we use the term Asian for our purposes to make it a inclusive umbrella, (laughs) you know, for all of us. But just remember that as you are navigating these resources that we're, we're not a monolith. And then I think second is We always appreciate people who are willing to learn. Be mindful if you are putting additional labor on the population that you are seeking to learn more about. So what I'm saying is like, if you are, let's say a white person who is curious about whether what their actions are doing, you know, would constitute cultural appropriation and be harmful to other people. We don't encourage that person to come to us and say, hi, I'm doing this. Is this wrong? Tell me how to do the right thing. That's putting additional labor and pressure and work on somebody who may already be negatively affected by your actions and asking them to do more work. So we encourage folks, you know, when you confront something like that, there are lots of resources out there. There are people in particular, you know, just using cultural appropriation as an example, there are folks who are people of color and, you know, in particular people of Asian descent who've put in the work already. So visit Google or go to the show notes of our episode, whatever the topic is, or ask other people before seeking to ask like an Asian person, am I doing this right or not? And I don't know, Ada, if you have more to say about that or or other things you'd like to leave listeners with. I would say the one thing I would like to leave everyone with is that the learning and the work never stops and you can only get better. 
And so to add on to what Nicole said, you know, there are tons of resources out there. Google is a great resource for finding those. Instagram as well. If you kind of go down that rabbit hole of different hashtags, you can find so many resources there in addition to blogs and articles and books online. So highly recommend checking those out and our show notes, obviously. But once you learn something, I think it can be easy to think that you have done the work, you've checked the box, you've made a donation, and you're done. <laughs> you know. But what we've seen is that you can always do more. There's always more that you can be learning, and there's always more resources being put out there, which is fantastic. And my hope is that everyone listening who is interested, you know, takes the time to learn and, and don't feel the pressure to kind of learn it all now yeah. and get a grasp of everything about Asian perspectives and Asian people and the history of Asian migration throughout the world. Like, we're not asking you to do that. We are asking you to start learning maybe about some of the people who are out there in the sewing community who are Asian and some of what their perspectives might be and what they might be bringing into sewing. And you can start your journey from there and keep going. And I hope that you find our podcast helpful for that and the show notes. But again, it is a never ending kind of journey and we're learning as well. So we're constantly learning when we're doing the research yeah. and putting together podcast episodes. And sometimes we'll even come back and say, well, darn it, we recorded that. But now that changed, and <laughs> I think we have to do this again. And so if we're not afraid to admit that and kind of learn more and, and do more, I think nobody else should be afraid to do that either. Thank you, Ada and Nicole, for agreeing to be on Soul Gunai Style podcast. Congratulations, and I wish you all the best at Asian Soulist Collective on creating season one. It's been so successful. I hope that all the work you're doing ensures that we can hear the many Asian Soulist perspectives in future episodes on Asian Soulist Collective podcast. Thanks for having us, Maria. It was, this was lovely. <laughs> thank you so much for asking us to be on today. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Soul Organized Style Podcast was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Nicole and Ada of Asian Soulist Collective. Sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to good podcasts. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Soul Organized Style or on our website at www.soulorganizedstylepodcast.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.